the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We are in the saddle. Thank you, everyone, for being with us this evening and allowing us to be with you and share your evening wherever you are, traveling across South Texas on the highways and byways of this great city of San Antonio, uh, Alamo City, or, or you know, there in your garage or maybe just in the house uh, relaxing for the evening and uh, doing some sewing or catching up with some details. <laughs> but you got the radio on and you're getting a chance to... Uh, join us here on the Bible Live broadcast. Thank you very much. We're honored that you would uh, be with us, and we hope it'll be a really worthwhile. We're going to continue our way, uh, as we do each and every Sunday evening, uh, working and, and, and talking and discussing. You can go to our website, thebiblelive.com, the Bi- Bible Live or the Bible Live, either one will be fine. You can go to our website, and you can hear a 15 to 20-minute reading every week. You know, the five a week. In other words, it was formatted for radio in the beginning. We used to do that on the radio for many, many years. And then we, 14, 20, 15, I can't remember when we jumped over, Stace, uh, to the Internet. And so the readings are there on the Internet. You can find them any time now, not just in the evening on Monday through Friday. You can go and listen to them any day of the week, any time during the day. And uh, we read through the entire Bible every year so you can hear uh, the Bible, the, the New Living Translation, a good, clear, modern version of the Scriptures. We are finishing up our 21st year going through the Bible. And so we invite you to join with us. We have now come to the small little books at the end of the New Testament, starting with James after the book of Hebrews, which we've already read and discussed. Uh, we go Tonight we're going to deal with James, the book of James, First and Second Peter, First, we begin with, with tonight. We begin and end with two of the half brothers of Jesus, uh, the Christ, the Messiah, uh, James, and is thought to. It, there are a number of James, and we'll discuss this further. But in in the New Testament, but it is the half brother James of of Jesus, and he was a leader in the church in Jerusalem after uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus, as well, and then Jude also is another of the half-brothers, it is thought, of Jesus, uh, the Christ. And so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about both of them. James, Peter, week, in the next couple of weeks, we'll work our way through the what are called the minor prophets at the end of the Hebrew Scriptures, the Tanakh. And we'll go with Hosea, Amos, Obadiah, Micah, Nahum. Amos, Obadiah, Micah, Nahum, <laughs> Zephaniah, Zechariah, Haggai, Malik, you know, that all of that, all of those, what they call minor prophets. Ministries were briefer, more brief than like Jeremiah or Isaiah and, and the major prophets, uh, except maybe uh, Zechariah. Zechariah is a pretty good, uh, pretty lengthy book as, uh, as well. But we'll go through those, and then uh, on the third week, we'll come back and finish up the month of October uh, with the book of the Revelation. Our final week, we'll go through uh, just in time for Halloween about the real spiritual realm and the book of uh, Revelation, uh, not just, you know, 
fun times and made up things. We're talking about angels and demons and the spiritual forces at work and uh, and the God, uh, the true and living God, and how God uh, is going to uh, eventually. The final curtain comes down on humanity. Is there an end to history? Is there a time when uh, when it, it ends and that we move to a different phase into the the time of of judgment of consequences of heaven of of condemnation and, and blessing and so on and so on we'll we'll talk about all of that in the book of the revelation uh so that's where we are stacy my daughter stacy is okay. sitting here encouraging and cheerful and as we get through the scriptures stacy has a tremendous hunger uh, for the word and for the scriptures and for the understanding of who God is and what he's doing and, you know, God and his ways, you know, and she loves the study of history. How does the revelation, it takes place in the context of the whole human race. And so she has a real passion for understanding uh, who God is and what he was saying and how he was revealing himself progressively in the scriptures and to in the context of this biblical history, but how does that relate to the other people groups um, that right. that we know existed? And sure. uh, true, God so loved the world; <laughs> it, it always mm-hmm. was that way. It, uh, and we and it's I think it's healthy for us to to think about that. And, and, and of course, even the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament that reflects that because. Even the Old Testament, they had to deal with, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar. They had to deal with the Egyptians. They had to do with the Arameans and the and the uh, Assyrians. Uh, It it was all had a context, a global context of the whole world, and uh, I think it's healthy and good for us to have that to understand the history of any given group. He was active and working mm -hmm, and moving and. All I don't in, in all times and all people groups yeah. and what was he what what's he doing and how is he bringing things yeah. about and yeah uh, yeah I think it is really really neat and fascinating and so interesting to see um, how cyclical a lot of history is uh, in the people groups that well, I guess the Israelites uh, as far as a nation group but um, in in modern history mm-hmm. too well when we get to the book of the Revelation that's one of the characteristics. The what is it? You have the four. I mean, you have the, the four horsemen, the seven uh, seals, the seven the, seals, the seven mm-hmm. cups, the seven di- you know, these right. these cycles of seven of judgment, judgment. of and, and so on. God's dealing with humanity. So yeah, it, it, the, these cycles are important to see, and it's important, I think, to keep a global vision uh, and not to keep, get locked into your own. Just begin to understand the biblical cultural. Experience and background. Uh, but that was one of the problems that the that the Hebrew, the Israelites ran into is they, be, as they did that, and they became more and more ethnocentric in their understanding of God and His and His revelation. They lost, and were not able to fulfill the 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 covenant role they had with God that to to know Him, to worship Him, and be faithful. Uh, idolatrous. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, what do you call polytheistic right. uh, many gods sort of cultures around them and they began to be influenced more by them than them influenced them right. and so and part of that re- is they lost that global vision of god and they begin to lock in that you know our god and our our jerusalem our temple to have a big vision like daniel right daniel we we finished up the book of daniel this last week and uh, I thought I'd give you a chance, Stacy, to kind of summarize. We 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 spoke in depth about Daniel last week, in his context, uh, the, his life, remarkable life. Uh, to have twelve chapters in the book of Daniel. Six, the first six are about the the uh, Daniel, his messages. Mm-hmm. So and, and so we learned about this fascinating individual, his faith, his passion for God, his wisdom. And how he was used by God in such an astounding way in terms of his messages and his predictions about human history and so on. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, before we get in, James and Peter and John and, and Jude, would you like to maybe give a kind of a summary or kind of what 
we've thought about what we learned about Daniel and what we see about Daniel and any thoughts that occurred to you there? <laughs> yeah. Harry, of course, well known. He's one of the only uh, people in, in Scripture that nothing negative is said about him. Um, not yeah, that there was true. nothing negative to be said, but at least in, in Scripture, there's nothing. Uh, and uh, he, mm-hmm, his time, his, uh, of course, as far as the, just the stories, some of the most famous and well-known stories, Daniel in the lion's mm-hmm. den, uh, and then the right handwriting on the wall, uh, the, the, the statue, the rock that comes down mm-hmm. and smashes it, the, the mm-hmm. form. Uh, so through all of that thing, you know, we, for, he was, uh, yeah, he was, he was a person and um, mm-hmm. he was probably you know, he wasn't married evidently no family evidently he was no children no children um and then but had an incredible vision for the lord i think one of my favorite parts in daniel is the interaction of him um with Yes, um, it just is beautiful. And then Michael had to uh, fight off the Persia, the Prince of what, Persia, the Persian, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yes. that was all very it's interesting. Just so, yeah. It is. It's so interesting. But um, maybe given all of how Daniel has survived, that there would maybe start to be a little bit of a a pride that you know might grow. But but throughout, just he's so uh, humble. I think you don't self-deprecating way not in a doesn't know his worth kind of way mm-hmm. but there just seems to be a real true humility a real true understanding of doing and has done and the and greatness yet, of god even the greatness god, of god uh-huh. clearly you can see in some of his prayers yes he has this remarkable humility. vision of uh-huh. god yes and, goodness and mm-hmm. greatness mm-hmm. and you kind of get the sense that because he does the lord lifts him even lifts him more and protects him and gives him more vision. Uh, And I think that that's one of my just takeaways from um, Daniel and his life and how he lived is God and kind of letting all else just uh, what it turn your eyes upon Jesus, I mm-hmm. guess, that uh, kind of thing. Just keep focused on him, and that seems to be what Daniel did. And the thing- Daniel was clearly a prayer warrior. I mean, he he was close to the Lord and heard his voice, and mm-hmm. God heard him. Um, I love well, the I, last. I want you to keep going, but I want you to, too, sure. to, to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, those are characteristic risk even death to continue his principle of, of praying to God right. and not bowing to an idol and so on and so on. Eating only clean food. Yeah, yeah, all of those things. <laughs> Very interesting. Mm-hmm. But then also um, comment on astounding predictions that that he's given insight to understand hundreds of years in advance, even up to the Roman Empire and the Roman uh, in the coming of Messiah, he predicts it very accurately. Mm-hmm. The sixty-nine weeks and uh, and so on and so on. So, I mean, that other characteristic. Uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. When have you get to it about <laughs> that 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 aspect of the Book of Daniel that just yes, <laughs> how he, he. I mean, he saw it. He right. he understood even to the, when Dan, when uh, Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. were four who. Took over, and it, of course, that's what happened historically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Greek Empire broke into four different. What do you call them? Tetra. Uh, te- right, tetra. Uh, te- <laughs> four, four powers yes. that began to, and then one came out to ultimately to rose to become the Roman Empire and the right. dominate. Mm-hmm. But just astounding that he was able, that he saw these things. And it's interesting. Yes, God doesn't necessarily have to operate the exact same way that he did, but it does give some kind of insight into how he communicates and how he said, you know, and then Rome and then Alexander the Great. It's not names necessarily, but it's. um, But clearly these images he had Uh Uh reflected in, in hindsight. Right. Well, yeah, we saw that. You know, yes, and it's a little bit of Greece, a taste of we how. Saw, right. Yeah. And well, it's much. Um, it's much kind of prettier. I don't know how it's like maybe romanticized, mm-hmm. and maybe that uh, that's how. I'm sure there are different ways that uh, you know it's 
it's not necessarily, I don't know. Um, you wonder <laughs> what, you know, what my life might be seen from the Lord. You know, I just kind of think of, well, I'm Stacy mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm this girl. I'm Stacy. Kind of, whereas when there's this vision, you know, it's a, it's a, it's four horns. It's a dragon. It's a stone. It's mm-hmm, gold. It's mm-hmm. iron. It's a, anyway, it, Lord, how do you, how do you see things? How do you see me today? How, how, who, who am I? What is, what am I? And, and how would he communicate, um, these kind of things at that else. level, <laughs> right? you know, uh, right. a global vision? How would he communicate right. that to a person, and it's interesting that in the context of that, um, Daniel, like you, like you said, he must have been a remarkable individual to have some of that insight. I mean, about the Messiah. Uh, I mean, they did have some revelation they already had from God, and so he he learned to apply that. He understood that. He kept that in mind in his interpret, and and it obviously appeared in his understanding of what God was going to be. Like you say, he he. He shows up in these images. He didn't say Rome. He doesn't say Alexander the Great, and there's going to be right. Greece is going yeah. to rise. But he clearly describes he yes, their seasons, uh-huh. their times. Filmed mm-hmm. by that. That that's mm-hmm. one of the most fascinating parts of Daniel. Remember the two. I guess there were one or two occasions when mm-hmm. he was just he he fell to the ground. Mm-hmm. He he. Face down, he he was just overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the messages he was. Receiving. Even the angel had to lift him up and you know and, and say, "You're, you're so loved. You're precious to the Lord, Daniel." Mm-hmm. And he's, oh, I I, I kind of tear right? up sometimes when yeah. I read that That's because one of the sweetest parts. But he he is, uh, mm-hmm. he, he just he just overwhelmed with, with the vision of God, the vision mm-hmm. of God's plan, and Herman this this morning. I was teaching the lesson uh, in in our series for the for the basic trainees at Lackland. I was teaching the lesson of where we focus on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Who uh, the, I, I brought out that idea that that um, that we are men and women of destiny, and yet we're just you know we're just flesh and blood, and we have our weaknesses, and with and that just the idea that the God of the universe. Is escort. He is alongside me. He walks. He lives. I'm his. We are his temple. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. now dwells in his people, and it is an overwhelming thought. Walk into that reality, and by faith to experience being used of God here. Each of us is a. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Book of Daniel does have a good, clear application to us in that sense, that each believer today is is a. A man or a woman, a young person, uh, necessarily to be, you know, the Billy, Billy Graham of the whole world, and all, but each of us has a place and a calling and a unique yeah. contribution to the plan of God for a role, a place mm-hmm. of service in his kingdom. And that's just, it's an astounding thought. Yes, and I think it is, you know, sometimes we read the scriptures and it does seem so kind of mysterious and there's this sort of special knowledge that Daniel seems to have. And mm-hmm. yes, that is true. Uh, and, and, and I think though, sometimes we read it and we want that. And this kind of ties in to James, um, which we will, you know, we ended Daniel on Monday and then we started James and then first and second, to the we're having, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And, uh, and so this ties a little bit into James. John here. Um, yeah, okay. And uh, sometimes these, especially when you're talking kind of revelation and how are these things and what is secret and they'll become unrevealed. And will it come finally end, my Lord? And he said, no, go, go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will uh, be purified, cleansed, and refined, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will have will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. And I think sometimes that is um, pretend to understand so that people will think that we are wise. And I don't. Uh, the closing though is, and as for you, go your way until the end. You will rest, and then at the end of days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. And there's such a, uh, there's a theme of resting and there's, he's knows you and has his hand on you. Um, and we don't have to work for, we don't have to, 
if that is the case, that is that is true to um, you know pretend this wisdom or understanding right. that we might not have. Um, and I love that. And the segue, I ended- it's almost a it's almost a, a contradiction in the sense that at the same time we know who we are in Christ and we know. Uh, the authority that God has given us in Christ, but at the same time we realize that uh, we can humble and it, it, it's it's and it, you've already pointed out that that was a characteristic of Daniel that he he had confidence in his relationship with God he he had confidence in his gifts he knew that God would reveal uh, upon that in a sense not presumptively arrogantly pridefully but you know he knew who he was right. his, and he went calling. about his his duty he went about his business he went about his life just every day doing the things that he loved talking with the lord being with him i love how you said maybe you're sewing this evening (laughs) that's Mm -hmm, such mm a it's such a kind of seemingly simple meets us and how he meets us it's not Mm -hmm. in this um, inflated every day and being simple and faithful and i and then if we do want understanding James, just ask. Ask yeah. the Lord. Be yeah. his Anyone first lacks and wisdom, foremost. Ask, ask the Lord. Ask him. It's a good segue <laughs> to the book of James. <laughs> Way to right. go. Way to go. Phone <laughs> number. You can join us. Uh, comment on on Daniel. Comment on any of the scriptures that we're uh, talking about this evening. James, Peter, John, Jude. Uh, or, or any aspect of the biblical narrative, and maybe a question about God, the God of the Bible. We'd love to five eighty-five, but don't mainly just don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes, and we'll go into these uh, small books at the end of the New Testament here on the Bible Life. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway. 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. I'm not a warrior, but you call to me You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Just what we were commenting on, Stacy, when we left, is that this idea of confidence uh-huh. that whether it's David, King, da- or, or, or Daniel, or uh, Paul, or any, it, <laughs> there is a there's certainly a humility and a brokenness that's an element, of, but at the same time, there's a confidence that it's not arrogance and it's not what God has given us, the authority that He's given us, the power that we have, recognizing and acknowledging that we are men and women of destiny. That sounds arrogant, you know, a little prideful to say that, but I think it's a characteristic of, uh, in fact, is uh, that was one of the characteristics that I've seen in studies about leadership. People who come strong leaders, they have a sense of destiny. There's well, something that... Re- glory. <laughs> I mean, talk about dest- I mean, destiny, destination. A sense of destination mm-hmm. is maybe a better... Yeah. We, uh, you know, as believers, we do know where our destination where we're going um that celestial city the uh, glory where this train is bound for glory uh, mm-hmm. we are and i think that's of course you know in, in the with you know with 
Daniel, um, you know, they, they really did always have a vision of, and I'm, you wonder if they had an understanding, and I'm, I feel, I'm sure they, they did just a piece of property. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that property was important, and it did mean something, mm-hmm. but it meant so much more than just a yeah. physical piece. It was symbolic of, of a, absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. in the desert, you know, wandering and so on. And, and now they have cities and homes and right. a permanence, and they can... Right. They can raise their crops and their herds. And, but even that, and, yeah. and, and which is exactly, and that was an image and a picture of mm-hmm. our ultimate destination. And I think that they, it also reminds me, this, for some reason, this quote, you know, that series, mm-hmm. uh, uh, taken from World War II, right? Mm-hmm. 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 There is a cope with fear in the middle of such a, and this was one of the last, you know, hands-on yeah. combat, you mm-hmm. know, hand-to-hand kind of combat. Very interesting um, series, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. it really was. And there is this one line. There's a private who is just engaged. He can't. And so when he landed, he just hid in a ditch and let other people, and he couldn't seem to get himself out. He fell asleep, and then anyway, he woke up, and the action was kind of over, and he found his uh, group. And, and um, but and then... Spears, who is uh, seemingly, he has a reputation for being fearless. Mm-hmm. And he sees them do these incredible things that just take so much courage. And so they meet at some point, and this Blythe is na- his name, not afraid, or why. And uh, Captain Spears says, Blythe, <laughs> um, we're all scared. Uh, you hid in that ditch because you think there's still hope. But Blythe, the only hope you have is to accept the fact that you're already dead. The sooner you accept yeah. that, and it's kind of a, you know, and of course in that, its context is war, and it's kind of a harsh, and, a, and Blythe walks, he walks away, and Blythe, kind of his face is sort of sad, and a little, you know, you don't quite know what's going to happen. But um, And we but, too, biblically, exactly. supposedly have died to ourselves. Exactly. We've, and I think that, and, and it is, you know, and, and so we're... We keep trying to yeah. somehow get out of it and in somehow this existence, in this, in this exist- world mm-hmm, and survive it or, or somehow hold yeah. on to something. And the idea is already. And then as soon as we actually accept that and surrender to that is really when we find mm-hmm. new life we and begin we begin to really live and to function. Not as a It's soldier, so interesting but, because you say that because. In in our course, mm-hmm. I had one of them ask me this morning about what what do you think is the what is the relationship we we're going into war we're to, mm-hmm. ultimately our, our our intention and our mission will be to kill people and break things you know we're we're mm-hmm. we're is that does and the Bible talks about you know mm-hmm. thou shalt not kill and all so he said what and and of course there is a good clear biblical answer to that and uh, but. That we show in one of our lessons when we talk about spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. Jeff Struker was the uh, ranger, the army ranger who was on the ground in Somalia mm-hmm. uh, for Black Hawk, Black Hawk Down, Hawk Down mm-hmm. uh, when that episode went in uh, Mos- um, Mogadishu, I think it was, okay. uh, one, uh, two of our hostile environment to rescue their fallen comrade to see if there's anyone alive. And Jeff was the commander on the ground that day that had to do that. Right. And he discusses the role. Of, mm-hmm. and, and we use that as part of our presentation about spiritual warfare, you know, yeah. and, and so on. It's very, very excellent. But he brings out that same point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, r- real courage is not the absence of fear, he says. It's the ability to do what we know is right to do. It, do it anyway. We do it anyway. We <laughs> yeah. do what we're called to do mm-hmm. and so on. And that was what he felt that day. He's. Mm-hmm. He said, I knew that almost certainly I was going to. being told to go back, tempted with the idea of not going, and I realized I can't, okay. I can't disappoint my mm-hmm. commander, my people, my men, mm-hmm. and those who want our help. Well, so it was all, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in First and Second Peter, uh, talking about how do Christians <clears throat> live in a hostile environment, and how do we, uh, especially I think in Peter, you know, they were even... They, kind of tempted to retaliate when they were persecuted mm-hmm. they were tempted to you know or or you know not how do how do we as christians now um being called to go to unjudge and those were those are all those were questions back then too. it reminds <laughs> me of what is it uh colt um uh, colson wrote that book how then shall we live you uh-huh. know how 
okay, in light of all these things, how are we supposed to function day to day in our lives? Francis is also called How Then Shall We Live. Uh, the, the titles are very similar. But, um, yeah, well, let's jump over into James. James in particular is talking about that topic. He discusses the whole idea of what difference it would make, what difference you know, about going to heaven someday and so on. The Bible is clear that those who put their faith in Christ uh, as Savior will one day enter uh, heaven, you know, that place of, of rest. That's the question in his uh, letter here. He, he He's asking what difference faith makes in our lives here in this world, in our daily, you know, day-to-day existence, in our relationships with real people. Uh, and, and that's something that we... We realize we live, here we are, the other foot firmly planted here on the earth, and we have to learn how to, how to be heavenly minded. Is that We live in a world, it's a closed system, governed only, ruled only by morally neutral natural laws. Um, you know, a, a bullet doesn't turn to a marshmallow just because it's going toward an innocent person or a child. Uh, you know, gravity and inertia and the third law of thermodynamics and all. We live in a world ruled only by more. Those are morally neutral, natural laws. We have to learn how then are we to live, how are we to resist the temptations and the pressure and the uh, the attacks of evil. Right. And some people, you know, think, well, evil doesn't exist. And, of course, we, we learn almost daily that, <laughs> yes, Surely by now people wouldn't. uh, Surely by now, but yeah, I guess some people still hang on to that idea that we're just good. I understand there are some things that are just shocking and sad, and of course you were, but I'm always a little bit, yeah. I mean, it exists in evil. Not that we don't mourn it and don't fight it, but But we need to understand that's the world we live in. And that we teach our children about. Mm -hmm. I I talked to my grandson uh, this last week, in fact, about, you know, you, you have, we have to realize, well, William, not everybody, Mom, Grandpa, and your friends, and so, yeah, you have to be alert in life right. because there are dangers. And, and I mean, you know, um, he's an eight-year-old boy. So, uh, but you know, James is asking, okay, his the challenge of his book for believers is to, okay, here's how we live in a broken world, as God's people, and, um, um, and is written. It's one of the earlier books of the of the new testament mm-hmm. probably just about 15 years after the resurrection uh if you think of uh, uh 33 34 somewhere about the, is when there this is pretty much dated at that time um uh it's founding in the opening reference to uh, to jewish christians spread throughout the gentile nations that's on our first uh sentence of the letter and uh, it, it is that historical evidence, evidence after the death of Stephen, remember, in the book of Acts, uh, that's before the conversion of, of Saul, after the martyrdom of Stephen, is when Christians had to flee out of Jerusalem. And so James is writing to these believers, um, principally Jewish believers, uh, who had come to follow Jesus as their Messiah, uh, and he is telling them then how to live and how to uh, walk with God and experience God in in their roles. Heating place, uh, his casual references to the Old Testament figures like Abraham, characters who understand who they are. Um, so the, the early believers in Jerusalem were primarily Jewish believers, and they were scattered after the, the uh, Stephen's death, his martyrdom. And that fits with James' mention of the fire. So it's likely that James was a leader. He was that leader in the Jerusalem church. He was the, there are four others, James, in the New Testament narrative, and none of them fit like James, the half-brother of Jesus, does in his thought. He was writing to Jewish Christians who had been scattered. He was an official. He was a leader in the Jerusalem church. Uh, another thing that happened 15 years after Jesus' resurrection was this council that we read about in the book of Acts, uh, I think in chapter blah, 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 7, back to it, and they they settled that issue of of what what 
are Gentile believers, those who respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the redemption through his death and so on. The, what we know is the good news that, that uh, they tried to understand that, okay, how does it, uh, do Gentile believers know that, that that's not a requirement? Uh, a religious requirement. That, and they settled that at that famous council mm-hmm. there in 15, Jerusalem. 15. Yeah. Acts, Acts, Acts chapter 15 is where that, that council is recorded. Um, and so, as, as well, um, it, it probably, it, because it, it thought that it probably occurred in uh, the late 30s, uh, that this letter was written in the late 30s or the very early 40s. Uh, making it one of the earliest gospels, uh, one of the earliest epistles that we have in the new close. Uh, give me a sense, Stacy, of what you think, and, and maybe some of our listeners could do this as well, because we often think about, okay, Jesus about his resurrection, mm-hmm. and and we think about the years passing, and then we hear about. Uh, uh, 70 A.D., Jerusalem is destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what that's about almost 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, some of the, it may seem like distant. And the believers in Jerusalem, they didn't just disappear for 15 years. They kept meeting. They kept worshiping God. Uh, they kept going to temple. Uh, it, so I, I, it was rather small boots-on-the-ground ministry of, of, of movement of God with his people and calling people, and it was becoming greater and greater and far more numerous, and then it becomes something that becomes large enough to be be socially relevant, mm-hmm. politically relevant, and and so people begin to respond to it. You know, the, the Jewish religious leader, uh, the Romans begin to persecute and resist it of of events and occurrences in as this movement mm-hmm. grassroots movement takes on size and strength I heard there was a tremendous spiritual hunger across the roman empire men and women were hungry and thirsty for meaning and purpose and, mm-hmm. and, and, and to know god and be at peace with god and eternal life and uh, questions of uh, immortality and so on and mm-hmm. loss of loved ones and That's so what there I was this about, yes incredible hunger and thirst gives hope and it's it's based in real life and really real occurrences so it 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 helps sometimes to think through the that we have this historical narrative it runs all the way through the book probably through at least up to the book of hebrews the resurrection of jesus the beginning of the early church in the book of acts and then you have the 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 missionary journeys of Saul, uh, of Paul, the three missionary journeys and his, what happens there. And, 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 and then his letters to those churches that he helped to found. And now we're coming and it, and, uh, Philemon. Uh, Philemon. No. Philemon was not a pastor, but that, that was one. It, uh, who was he? Titus and, um, um, oh, you know, Timothy. <laughs> Timothy, yes, indeed, the pastoral epistles. I feel like I just, first and second do Timothy. I get a prize? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah and by the way, we, we need, uh, John was just telling me, make sure to give the phone number if anyone would like to call in, 210-340-9585. And 340-9585. And we do have some gifts and prizes that we can give out tonight if you'd like to call in. Uh, we have a a brand new Bible calling in. And we have the series of books called God Understands that we could give in uh, the the Bible and, and uh, the biblical message and the God of the Bible and so on. So give us a call if you'd like, 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you as well. Okay, so James is in that mix. We talked to the, the historian and, and so on after the martyrdom of Stephen. And he's telling them, okay, here's how we should live um, in, in this setting, the Roman Empire, the corruption, the cruelty, the uh, purposelessness, the fall. Very important books in James, but he's, James, he's very practical. Yes, I was Very practical. And that's where we have the, the, I guess one of the big issues they talk about in James is the role of faith and obedience. Right. What is the relationship mm-hmm. between faith, mm-hmm. but uh, he talks about dead faith. Mm-hmm. If If we say we have faith, but there our life hasn't changed. There's no, there's no fruit of our faith. There's no 
transformation. There's no indication at all that we truly are in touch. So um, how would you, uh, and maybe we could put that out to our, our listeners, uh, not about how is faith related to obedience? What, what is the relationship between those two things? Um, if you'd like to give us a call. I, I don't know if you want to comment on that or not. Stacey, or- um, well, the other kind of the other side of the same maybe same coin would be Paul, you know, and when he's writing about faith and and uh, faith and good works. Yeah. And kind of when we have that solo, uh, you know, by faith. It's probably the more common uh, argument or the terminology used, not just to Jewish, um, I mean, to, to believers, to Christians. And so I think that there's a little bit of a, a you know, they, they have, they do encouraging them in their faith to then go forward in obedience and to see the yes. fruit of that faith. Um, and maybe that's kind of the, the difference. It's yeah, just it's the an important concept in his letter, to. isn't it? it? It's that he's not denying faith and going into kind of a works doctrine. He's but he's, a, Well, there's Aretha telling us what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh. So I guess we have to take a break again. <laughs> we'll come back. And... Uh, finally to the book of Jude tonight. Give us a call if you'd like, 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you if you'd like program. Don't go away. You're listening to the... Is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Whatever my God ordains is right. He never will deceive me. All right, we are back for our final segment here on the Bible Live broadcast. We haven't made too much progress. We spent uh, some time with the Daniel, kind of wrapping up. Our reading of the book of Daniel, this remarkable individual and remarkable book of the Bible and remarkable messages that he has in the book of Daniel. Then we moved on to the book of James. Kind of, uh, I guess we're we're talking about the historical context. We kind of got off on that with James about uh, the half. You have four characters named James. Two of them, one of them was James and John. James and John were member of the sons of Zebedee. James was an, a, one of the disciples, one of the 12 disciples. And w- we know that he was martyred, but too early to be the author of this uh, the book, this letter, the book of James. And then we have um, the um, James, the father of the apostle Judas, uh, Judas, not Iscariot. Uh, and um, then we have James here, now the half-brother, of Jesus uh, says in verse one, chapter one, verse one, James, a slave of God. And, and uh, it leaves us. We're left out of those four James that we know about that. This was probably the Lord's brother that is mentioned in Galatians chapter one, uh, one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. And remember at one time, Jesus brothers and sisters did not believe in him. They, 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 it actually mentions that they did not believe in him at that time. And and but James and Jude, uh, at least of of his brothers and sisters, came to have faith in their half brother, uh, as the Messiah. After seeing him raised from the dead, yeah, that that, didn't hurt. Yeah, when he oh yeah, oh yeah, now I believe in you. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. I I was in um, I was in um, Kazakhstan one time after the 
fall of the uh, Russian, uh, the Soviet Empire. And I was in Kazakhstan. I was giving a series of concerts and sharing the gospel. And um, <laughs> I don't know why this made me think of that. I, I rushed from a prison where I'd been speaking in a prison and, and singing, and I rushed to a hospital where all of the hospital staff, mm-hmm. the medical staff, nurses, doctors, he gathered about two or three hundred people, and 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 so we rushed in from there. Uh, it came in a back door, and I had my guitar and my my Native American buckskins on, and so on. So we began to speak with them and uh, share the gospel. And afterward, they had a time of question and answers, and 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 so they said, "I have a question for for Soapy for for you," and and, and they said. Uh, in your message, what would that man standing behind you, what would he think of your message? And in our haste to get on the stage, I hadn't noticed that anything. So I, I turned around to see what he was talking about. And there was this about mm, 12, 13 foot tall statue of linen, mm-hmm. Vladimir, you know, uh, yeah. linen. And and so I, I, my eyes went up as I looked at him. They all laughed at that, you know. And, and he said, what? Well, and the question was, what what would he think about your message? And so I, you know, it's one of those questions you go, huh? <laughs> either you say, well, I don't know, I don't have any idea, or you, or, or you risk it because I mean, you, you don't know where is that question yeah, coming right, from? Right. Yeah, you know, it was a former communist nation mm-hmm, and all this, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't really, ha- but that, what I ended up saying was one of the biggest laughs I have ever gotten. In, in another uh, language, and of course it went through translation. Uh, but but my answer was, well, he believes in he he agrees with me now. <laughs> so and they just they just laughed and because la- you know now he's dead and now he agrees with me. Uh, so um, right. finally James. here, we, <laughs> why did I think of that here when we were talking about James? Now James agrees. With now Jesus. James agrees. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, uh, and he, he talks about faith, the role of faith uh, with with obedience and, and good works. Uh, that our life is transformed. You know, it's hard to imagine the God of the universe invading a person's life and it not changing at all. Right. I mean, I read that it just yes. seems doesn't even make sense. Uh, and so, faith without works uh, is dead. And so they they approach the question. I I think Paul and James are not in conflict at all. They, no, they right. they're just simply emphasizing in, in both Two of them the, of the same, same coin. truth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yes, and 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 James sets the tone so well. This letter is from James, a slave of God mm-hmm. and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I mean, if you're a slave, of course you're going to be absolutely your your day is going to be dictated by who you're serving mm-hmm. and so there will be and and there'll probably be no question about who you serve yeah. um because you'll be obedient to your master and uh and of course you know there is no better master than a loving mm-hmm. omnipotent god um who will die for you. <laughs> So, but uh, yes. Yeah, so James is so practical. Um, I think, and we had to memorize the book of James, or at least the first two chapters in mm-hmm. sixth grade. And I always wow. thought that was a great. It's great. very, very powerful mm-hmm. to, to read it. Um, believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them, mm-hmm. of, of, which is a, a characteristic of God's people. Uh, God blesses those who are patiently and en- who patiently endure testing and temptation. Mm-hmm. Here he is writing to a suffering people that mm-hmm. they're being persecuted across the Roman Empire, and, and so he encourages in them that uh, God never tempts you; He will give you strength. He kind of echoes Paul's. Uh, 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 statement in Corinthians that there's no temptation taking you, but such is mm-hmm. common to man that God would give us a way of escape. God will give us the power to resist the temptation. And then there's that wonderful verse that you mentioned, a uh, key verse where he talks about uh, if anyone lack wisdom, mm-hmm. ask God, who gives to all men liberally. Uh, and then we have the, the strength in the the tongue, the importance of, the, of keeping mm-hmm. the our, our tongue of speaking the truth, of that our yea be yea and our nay be nay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so very practical admonitions mm-hmm. and uh, all the way through. Well, and then and this is extra biblical. I think it's in Josephus and some other 
writings that were referenced, um, but but not biblical. But the mm-hmm. thought is that James was martyred and was killed probably by some of the uh, religious religious leaders, leaders um, stoned, similar to Stephen, maybe. I, I th- yes, I believe so. And by by bef- the high priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both uh, both James AD. the Apostle and James the half-brother of Jesus were evidently were martyred, mm-hmm. both of them. And uh, before 70 A.D. Mm-hmm. So before to, the he said he did not the see the destruction. Exactly right. Well, let's go to Peter. Let's pick up with this. Now, everyone's we're more familiar, at least, with... With Peter, I we know love this. Peter. <laughs> we all Peter, love Peter. Peter, Peter, Peter. <laughs> oh, Peter! Get behind. He says, "Flesh and the blood has not revealed it, but but the, my Father has revealed. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And <laughs> it just maybe just a few minutes later, get <laughs> behind me, Satan. <laughs> well, Peter. Peter, I dear Peter, I I identify with him greatly. I I think I have a temperament called. Um, Sanguine. Sanguine temper, uh, temperament, <laughs> uh, if any of you know what that means. <clears throat> you take this test and it kind of reveals your uh, if you're sanguine or phlegmatic or melancholy, uh, melancholy or mm-hmm. some of the other. There are several. Yeah, and, and uh, Peter was used as a model of the sanguine, which kind of is the temperament that I'm supposedly yeah. I tested I lo- out. Real quick, it? parentheses. I love uh, that was the Litowers, <laughs> Florence Litower. Mm-hmm. That, there's all sorts of personality tests out there now, but that was one, oh, probably back in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, Maybe 80s yeah. or 90s. 80s and 90s. And Florence. Yeah. Oh, she was she was great. Fred and Florence. Fred and, and Florence And if you ever Litower, read yeah. their books or listen to any of their conferences on the four yeah. personalities, yeah. they were wonderful. Well, she spoke on it. She wasn't the author of it, though. No, the, I believe the, Fred was. It started was. way back Aristotle. I mean, the whole idea of oh, sure. those mm-hmm. temperaments. Mm-hmm. But I've forgotten the person, the, uh, Dr. Mm, I used to know that name as well. <laughs> He's a, a prominent um, Christian leader in that era, but uh, yeah, the four temperaments. So Peter is that uh, that you know sort of he enters the uh, mouth first. Mouth, he enters the room <laughs> mouth first. You know he he speaks his mind. He rapidly says what he thinks. You know at the at the uh, transform. You know with the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus appears transfigured into his glorious presence. And Peter pops up and says, hey, let's build three tabernacles, one for you and one for you. <laughs> and, and God has to, in a sense, tell him, to be, this is my beloved son. Hear him. <laughs> you shut up, Peter. Listen to, <laughs> yeah, listen to him. Uh, so Peter, yeah, he's, but, but he, he definitely has learned about, oh. he learned about humility. He learned about trusting the, the Lord. Uh, he learned about feeding his sheep. Remember, that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Do you love me? Yes, you know, Lord, you feed my sheep. You know, yeah. And so uh, Peter then uh, is writing these letters, First and Second Peter. Um, probably um, from references in the letter, it would seem that, that the persecution was growing against the Christian community, the persecution we already mentioned earlier during peter's time the the greatest persecution came through the emperor nero he focuses not on the religious persecution but the political persecution through rome the scattered recipients that he mentions um spread out because of persecution uh, there in jerusalem but likely this letter was uh, written sometime in the as well the early 60s not not as early as james for example uh, Peter himself ultimately, I think, is also martyred uh, in in uh, Rome. I believe uh, is the idea. That I I remember visiting in Rome the the, the place they thought was the cell oh. or the place where Peter had been imprisoned and 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 Paul Cruci- too. They and thought he famously, yeah, that Peter who famously did not want to be crucified as Jesus was, uh-huh. and so he was crucified but upside, upside down. down. Uh, is, it is said. So uh, there we go. So Peter um, brings cl- greetings from those who are in Babylon. I- I- he uses that phrase um, that he's he's talking to God's people scattered across out of Jerusalem, out across the land. They are also exiled. Um, so Peter is is also writing to people who are suffering, and he's giving them encouragement as well. Um, what would we say about Peter, First and Second Peter? Uh, he gives his greetings. He identifies himself. 
uh, as Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. It's quite clear. Um, and Peter was also pre- out preaching and evangelizing, just like Paul was. Mm-hmm. Um, and this mm-hmm. is, and Peter, you know, we tend to kind of think of Peter as sort of an actions, mouth first kind mm-hmm. of, but he is, um, he's, he's got, a, I think, a really neat um, balance of, um, of, uh, do- of theology, you know, of, mm-hmm. of here and practical. Um, you know, he's uh, talks very much about our how uh, about salvation and what God is doing in the heart of one that is saved, and then but also the lifestyle then that we are to live and the kind of the practical aspect, and then that idea of holiness and not being a holy people, and um, and I think he does a very I, I mean it's just a beautiful I think it's a really beautiful book that kind of goes back and forth between. Just the practical, the the theology and the truths of who we are and the holiness and mm-hmm. being a holy people, and how that can inspire us and help us in the practical and to face such persecution. I mean, to face what they were facing, which was, uh, I mean, probably well, yeah. death. <laughs> Suffering <laughs> all around is them. quite a, a theme Suffering, of, of, yes. of this first letter, in, in particular. Yeah. Uh, he deals with that aspect of, of suffering and its role. I have a, a dear friend, uh, a brother in Christ that I've known for many years. That it seems like he he, he has called me and left messages and written to me about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gone through some terrible difficulties with the loss mm-hmm. of family members and loved ones, and mm-hmm. his home was destroyed in a, in a, in a, in a uh, fire. Uh, he, and he writes about, you know, I feel, kind of feel like Paul. I mean, I feel, feel like Job and so on. And and I think uh, it reminds me of here, P- Peter here. He really talks to them of people who are, he, he, he saw the Christ. He watched Jesus suffer. Right. And I think his discussions about suffering, he talks about how we're honored to fulfill and complete mm-hmm. the sufferings of Christ, to enter into as we pour out our lives in benefit of others mm-hmm. and blessing to others, that we participate in, in actually the very suffering and the, and the sacrifice of, of Christ himself, which is an incredible theme. It truly is. And he, um, that, that's one of the great themes of at least First Peter, um, mm-hmm. is he's trying to comfort those who are uh, suffering and mm-hmm. who are because of their faith. In Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you, I wonder, you know, you wonder if that might be, because Peter, Peter is one of the disciples, probably one of the older, old, older ones yes. of the disciples, mm-hmm. and probably one of the few that was married. Is that right? Or kind of what we... Perhaps have. that too. We, we think of that of him as possibly one of the older ones because of his being a, to some degree a leader in the group and also he had yeah when the when the pharisees criticized jesus and why don't you and your disciples pay taxes mm-hmm. well you don't pay taxes till you're 20 years old mm-hmm. and so but jesus remember the miracle of the coin uh-huh. in the fish's right, mouth and right. he got he paid the taxes for him for jesus and for peter right. and so evidently they were the only two uh, over 20, 20 mm-hmm, or over, mm-hmm. uh, that it is thought, you know. Mm-hmm. So Peter would be, of course, one of the older, if not the oldest of mm-hmm. the disciples, mm-hmm. and if if we take that as an indicator. And so he, um, there there might be kind of a, you know, he was a, he had a, a unique empathy, a unique understanding of maybe just the everyday life and hardships Um that that a person might face. I mean, similar maybe to yeah, yeah. Like uh, you said, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, wife, marriage. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> well, and he was married. <laughs> no, I will not go there. <laughs> well, but the, and, uh, the uh, maturity that mm-hmm. you kind of sense in maybe Peter in that way. Uh, well, he understands the reality of, right. of uh, yeah. uh, some of the some of the uh, trainees were asking me about. You know, they found out with Suzanne. Suzanne came in my class today. We had about. Oh, about a hundred trainees and a wonderful class and group, uh, but she, she came in and we, we were talking about being married, uh, our fiftieth anniversary, mm-hmm. and, and they were yeah applauded and they were and, and some asking what what would be the secret and I said well forgiveness learning to forgive one another be patient with one another, um, and I said you know sometimes I tell people we've been 
wonderful we've been wonderfully married for 45 years and 45 out of 50 isn't bad you know <laughs> but you know because the reality is is we all struggle uh, we we're that's we actually not grow. bad we, yeah. <laughs> husband and peter knew about that you know he yeah. had a mother-in-law as right. well you know that's, we, that's why that's why that, right uh-huh, mm-hmm. and, and so on and so then john we have to and he was a fisherman he had a career oh, you know yes. which is Somewhat difficult as well, I guess, fishing. Although some people, they've got to spend his life fishing. That's great. <laughs> anyway, what else would you say, Stace? Well, we, we got through this week, First uh, John, Second John, and Third John as well. Um, yes, correct? let's jump so over we, to uh, that. And Jude. And Peter warns them about false teachers, and he talked to them about the day of the Lord mm-hmm. uh, coming and, and the, the end uh, the, the hope that is before us as God's people. So we come to John. John is one really actually mm-hmm. beautiful gospel of John. But now John writes to believers, First John, Second John, Third John, and uh, Second and Third John are very short and brief. But First John is mas- is a masterpiece. I think mm-hmm. it, he talks to believers. Now you have to understand that from the beginning that he's talking to Christians, people who are already Christians, and he talks to them about the role of faith. And how to experience our forgiveness as, as, as believers. He clearly states that we are all forgiven of all of our sin at the moment of our conversion. All sin is forgiven past, present, and future. But then he says, but even as believers, when we sin, how can we bring that forgiveness we have in Christ? How can we bring that, that positional spiritual truth that we have about ourselves in the throne room of God? We are forgiven we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. But how do we bring that forgiveness down into a real-life situation and relationship to, and through the faith step of confession, saying the same thing that God says about our sin and the, the importance of confession in the growth process for us as believers? It's a vital part of our growth and our transformation because God is interested more than just obedience mm-hmm. he's changing our want to he's changing us actually from the inside mm-hmm. and confession is a vital element uh, that god uses to help change and teach us uh, uh, about uh, being god's people being holy being righteous wanting the right things mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so it, it's a very good book john writes in the process of sanctification and experiencing our forgiveness in the Lord, loving and forgiving others. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great theme of, of John that John has, and particularly in the first letter. And his, and his second letters, then he is responding to questions and comments. He was a, John was a pastor of the church in Ephesus. Uh, he was one of the elders there, and he, remember, was put onto the uh, He was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And he was writing these to the churches in Asia? Is that correct? Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. Uh, and, Asia of that era is right. not what we call Asia today. Yes. but mm-hmm. uh, And I, I, a lot of, I do, you're, you're right, it's very masterful. And what I think is so neat is, you know, he's having to write and uh, there were some heresies. You know, there were teachers at this point who had um, popped up that were teaching, um, you know, that Jesus was not um, God, that he was just a regular mm-hmm. human born of Joseph mm-hmm. and Mary, not divine, not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and, so and he's he, really good on those topics. He's very theologically sound. He's very theologically sound. sound yeah. and, uh, and it's. And it's to be strong and to not follow them. And there's a, you know, it's a resist that and there's a boldness while at the same time, what you just said, I mean, the overarching um, themes of God is light and love and that love, that aspect of love. And um, it, it, it's, you know, for the, for the most part here, basically, you know, he's saying those that's heretical, but they're not stoning these heresies, mm-hmm. you know. They're not, and uh, it's interesting to see how 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 true believers, yeah. how Christians, are responding to, to heresy, heresy. When it, in turn, yeah. they have been accused of being the heresy, and they've been being killed and right persecuted and left, for persecuted it. Yeah. for it, right and left. And so it's an they pray for them, right, and they instead of, pray um, and hope for their. For them to see the light. Exactly. exactly. They all warn about false teachers. That's a common element in the, all through the Bible, actually, Old and New Testaments. Now, Jude comes along. I love the last two verses of Jude. You'll have to look them up. 
There's only one chapter, verses 24, 25. We'll see you next Sunday night here the on The Bible, Bible Live. Live. is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.